You're listening to VC Vibe Check, paid for by Heather Schmidt for Supervisor 2024. Our FPPC ID is 1461823. This podcast is devoted to everything we despise about politics in and around Ventura County. The things that most candidates won't talk about and what many have come to accept as business as usual. This podcast, though, is here to say it isn't usual. This isn't normal. And we cannot continue to accept it because it is, frankly, destroying our community. So thank you for being here. Welcome to VC Vibe Check. My name is Heather Schmidt, and I'm running for Ventura County Board of Supervisors District 3. If you are unfamiliar with the district, it covers Camarillo, portions of Oxnard, Santa Paula, Fillmore, Piru, Eastern Lockwood Valley, and some unincorporated areas, including Nyland Acres, parts of Somas, and even some strips of Eastern Ventura, Fraser Park, and Moore Park. The Board of Supervisors is a group of five individuals representing 20% of the county each, and it oversees all of what encompasses the countywide government organization, county government branches, and their agencies like the hospital system, public health, child support services, election and marriage services, EMS, and more. So we started this campaign podcast over the summer of 2023, and it's been a while since posting a new episode as we got everything else up and running to head to the primary. A part of me had also hoped that the toxic politics of this county, the particular black hole nature of it all, would have eased a bit by now, that I would be proven wrong. I'm not sure why I continue to be this naive. Politics is toxic, and particularly so in our community. Our local government, though, it's been politicized in ways that many people that I work with regularly in other parts of the country find frankly unbelievable. So here we are. The primary is upon us, and we have things we need to talk about. Why the vibe is off in this county and how we need to check ourselves and reflect on what actions we want to take as a reflection of who we are as a community. This week, we're talking about the problem of special interest groups. When I started this campaign, it was with one specific reason, to reject special interest groups after seeing the profound impact they have had on our local government. We all know on the national level, and in particular since Citizens United, that special interest groups like political parties, unions, and the corporate lobby, they have really had a stranglehold over our government. I'd like to delineate here, though, between politics and government, because the two are not the same. The government is a function. It is a public service. It exists for specific reasons, and to come to the ways of fulfilling those reasons 
We need only applied data, evidence, and research to answer the questions about how. But politics in recent decades has destroyed this age-old divide between politics and government. Government has been politicized. Now, decisions are not based in sound evidence and reasoning what is right and wrong, but rather what is politically advantageous, what the donor class wants. And regrettably, what has happened nationally has now infected state and regional governments as well. Perhaps the most obvious special interest lobbies we all know about are political parties. The Democrats, the Republicans, they are no more than corporate lobbies who happen to field the candidates to fill the seats of the government, both elected and appointed at every level. They have really, really grown in power these last uh, several decades. These political special interest groups throughout the entire verticality of government, even water boards and school districts have become less about who has the expertise, rather whether a candidate is red or blue. And more than that, they've become less democratic, more tightly controlled. In national government, we see it with both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, what many people call the duopoly. As one example, moving to avoid state primaries and the de- the Democratic Party, the DNC, has decided instead to just install Joe Biden as their chosen candidate, in spite of the numerous options that have chosen to run as Democrats as well. People argue that it is precedent for the current president to just skate on by. Precedent, though, does not equal democracy. So it is, of course, ironic that those saying they are fighting to save democracy are they themselves working so vehemently to stifle it. Of course, this is nothing new to the special interest political party lobby, though. For decades, Democrats and Republicans together have worked tirelessly to create policy and legislation that inhibits the growth of so-called third-party candidates or meaningful election reform that would create something like ranked choice voting, universal jungle primaries, or an otherwise wider breadth of candidate options for public office. So here we are. And as a candidate for public office at the county level, I can tell you it is the same here as well. Ventura County Board of Supervisors is a non-partisan position in name. Political party is irrelevant to the administration of and overseeing of public sector services, and yet I am the only nonpartisan candidate in this race. The incumbent is a known Republican in the saddle with big oil, as well as big landlord and big ag to boot. She is a installation of the corporate lobby and the Republican Party in the community. The Democrat, well, it's the same. She's a dem darling who jumped in at the last minute. Everyone believes is just a nice lady, yet who has fundamentally no policy platform and no qualification for the office she seeks. This is just more of the same, though. Established local political lobby groups installing a figurehead with little substance beyond, vote for me, I'm one of you. Most concerning is, of course, what these groups overlook in the name of those politics. And keeping in line with the status quo, you can't ever question or criticize anything the leadership does. A few examples. 
here in Ventura County, there is at least one city council person here in Oxnard who has recently had a DUI. He posted about it publicly on social media only for it to be quickly deleted. He has not resigned. The Democrats don't talk about it, even though he is one of them. And people that have called it out, well, they've been kicked out of the party and ignored. Another unelected bureaucrat recently was arrested for a DUI. This one made local media, though, so the following day she resigned from the county government. This occurred, of course, shortly after the county CEO was accused of sexual harassment, forced to resign, only to turn around and sue the county. Both of those incidences, unlike the council member, who is simply a poor example of a leader and something the Democratic Party will tolerate, well, that resulted in actual bottom-line costs to taxpayers and trust in government. And this is what it all amounts to in the end. The DUIs and the normalization of them, especially within the local Democratic Party, continue. My understanding is that the campaign manager of one of the other candidates in this race has also had recent DUI-related run-ins with the law. But the corruption and the pathetic excuse for leadership is not where things in Ventura County have recently gone off the rails. Other special interest groups have now joined these slimeball local political parties to turn local electoral politics into a complete circus that is wholly unethical. It's not just bad behavior, it's unethical behavior that does a disservice to voters for the sake of winning control. Some more examples from my own recent experience since running this campaign in the summer of 2023, or announcing this campaign in summer. Towards the end of summer, early fall, the deputy sheriff's organization invited me to share my campaign with them and discuss endorsement. Now, I was on the fence about seeking endorsements, in particular because I wanted this campaign to be committed to an end to special interest groups, but I did figure it would be a good idea to engage with some of them to get a pulse on the county and what is going on with them. Even though I think special interests do not belong in politics and government, they still have members I'm seeking to represent. I should at least spend time getting to know them. So I accepted, only to find out later that they had already endorsed another candidate, and moreover, that their intention of inviting me was perhaps nefarious. <laughs> this was back when Gabino Aguirre dropped out of the race. And by the way, why did a G Gabino drop out? He entered, raised over $14,000, and then dropped out three weeks later. Did he return the money? Did we ever get an answer why it turned around? Same with Ronald or Yuho. Ronald ran for months and then never filed. Why? Why did both of these people drop out? Was it perhaps special interest groups? I thought the situation with the sheriff's deputy group was kind of crazy uh, until I was in a union meeting a month later and someone straight up asked me for my strategy. The organizer running the meeting outright asked, why don't you share your roadmap to winning with us? Be specific. Another candidate had already been endorsed by them. That same group offered me uh, another meeting with their general executive committee, at which time I was asked 
exactly one question and given very little opportunity to talk. I think the meeting ran about three minutes. Again, their decision had already been made. While it seemed like a gross waste of time, for me at least, what punctuated this was the fact that the person who asked me the single question then sat there scrolling on their phone, not even paying attention to my answer. It was not just a waste of time, but I felt completely disrespected and frankly embarrassed for the organization. Why waste everybody's time? On the topic of unions, the Dem Darling, as I mentioned, is a union member herself. So by default, the unions have then moved to endorse her after she entered the race. This runs contrary, though, to the statements of their leadership earlier in the summer and fall, who said they thought the incumbent was going to win. The Republican incumbent had already texted, in fact, one leader asking for endorsement. I thought it was a little insane that he blatantly admitted to me that he was on a texting basis with an elected official, a wholly unethical aspect of politics in this region. I was a little surprised then that they endorsed the Democrat. However, that seems to be more a matter of her being a member herself than anything else, and a reflection of their lack of confidence in her ability to win is that they failed to max out their donations. And I continue to talk to members of their unions who don't even know who either of them are. And this is a common criticism of special interest groups today. The leadership makes decisions in an incredibly dysfunctional and toxic way and without considering the position of their members as a whole. How exactly do we get to the members of these organizations, though, when they have the power and the control and the money especially. And all of that is predicated on simply politics. Things irrelevant to public service. Moreover, is the point to suppress the vote, which is my suspicion. That to stay in power and control, these toxic organizations perpetuate the dysfunction, act even more flagrant about it, Because eventually people feel so powerless in it all, they simply stop voting. They're so disgusted, they say, what's the point? And that really is the point. Because if no one votes except your friends, you win. Perhaps the most glaring example of the flagrance of it all was recently when a member of the local Democratic group took to public social media, public, public social media posting a video publicly about donating to their new supervisorial supervisorial candidate, the Dem Darling, to the tune of, I think she said it was $1,000, because her words, she anticipated if the candidate won, she would then be able to get a job at the county government. This is shockingly unethical. A public comment amounting to an expectation of employment in exchange for a political contribution almost as shocking as the candidate herself commenting underneath something to the tune of, let's do it. Were this hire for a political donation exchange to come to pass, it would unfortunately not be the first time someone in our regional government had been hired because they knew a guy or they donated or they worked on the campaign. In fact, it is so commonplace throughout Ventura County that it's common knowledge. We've just accepted it. The Republicans donate to Republican candidates 
to stall any type of meaningful progress, to not fix problems, to not hire people. The Democrats donate to Democratic candidates in exchange for a job. And all it does is dissuade the public from wanting to have anything to do with any of it. Again, I suspect intentionally. So this is what we're seeing in this district. Each election, voter tallies decrease. In fact, in recent election cycles, primaries have had a higher voter count than the general, which is a complete departure from what you typically see in an election. As I see it, that's because in California, we have a jungle primary. Every candidate is lumped into the ticket, ordered by a random drawing of letters, and the top two vote-getters in the primary go on to the general, unless someone garners over 50%, and then they win outright. So in the primaries, we are seeing popular candidates lose to special interests, likely due to how much money they had. And the consequence is the voters of the district no longer have interest in voting. My position naturally as the candidate not affiliated with any special interests is that we have to reject this. Vote for the candidate that understands what it takes to fix our many serious and in some ways existential problems around our beautiful community instead of just going with the candidate who knows people. I guess we'll see March 5th if we finally do. Thank you for tuning in to VC Vibe Check. Again, paid for by Heather Schmidt for Supervisor 2024, FPPC ID 1461823. We will talk to you next time. And until then, thank you and stay safe. Mm-hmm.